Hello, hello, hello there. This is Zach Kuntz from the Arlnots. Welcome to Arlnots Podcast, episode 26. Look at us, two weeks in a row. Can we keep it up? Well, if history is any indication, probably not, but let's just pretend we can and keep it going until we can't. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, today, I am continuing along with the last week's trend of talking about an older movie seeing how well it does under a little bit of a microscope. Not that good of a microscope, though. Maybe one that you bought at, you know, Toys R Us for your kid. Just to, just to see if they're interested in science at all. You know, a little Fisher-Price microscope. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the name of the movie, though, um, because early in the podcast, when I reveal the title, Sean smugly replies with, yeah, I think they gathered that from the title. Uh, so, you know what? Fuck you, Sean. I'm the master of this reality. Uh, and I'm going to do my best to make you look bad for trying to make me look bad. That's just how it works. I'm sure you'll get me back at some point in the future uh, from on your podcast. But anyway, uh, my guest is Sean Baby from uh, one Hundred Hot Dog and The Dog Zone. He's an old friend. He's one of my favorite uh, humorists and people. And uh, we have a really good time talking about the movie. So stick around for that. Unless you're just into intros and you're going to peace out after that, which, you know more power to you thanks for thanks for indulging in that much we're in i'm here with sean baby who chances are if you're listening to this podcast you already know more about him than you know more about than you know about me but uh i'm gonna give him a chance to introduce himself anyway so uh yeah oh that's that's very nice thank you you, um what the fuck do you do i'm the internet's sean baby uh and i've been that for uh a long time I invented being funny on the internet. In fact, it says that right on the web itself. Um, right now, the current project I'm working on, and we just had our three-year anniversary, which is a fucking lifetime in media uh, Damn. In, this, in this era. Uh, at 1900hotdog.com, I work with Robert Brockway and a lot of other talented freelance writers, including uh, our host, Zach Kuntz, uh, on music. You even wrote an article for us, like a, like a straight-up hilarity I wrote an article and then I was like, that's, I, that was on my bucket list, I guess. I never did it again. <laughs> You're always welcome. But yeah, I, I feel like that's, uh, uh, you got a taste of how much work it is to do what mm-hmm. we do and which is, might be why it's such a dying art. But anyway, it's the last, <laughs> the last place where you can get this, this high effort joke dense, uh, comedy that used to be all over the internet and now no one can pay for it and, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. And it's well preserved over there. I, I love jumping in over there. Any any chance I get? Right now we're doing a. Uh, I don't even know if there's going to be another episode. Robert seemed like he kind of had had it with us on the last one, but we were. <laughs> he was DMing a, a Dungeons and Dragons version of the movie Bloodsport. We were playing. It's, I don't even know how far I want to go into it. If you don't know anything about it yet, just just go watch. Just start it's on, high on concept, episode, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. On our our, our podcast, the one nine hundred hotdog dog zone nine thousand, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Robert Brockway he he designed a game that where we play the inside of Frank Dukes's head, who is the uh, the writer and uh, life liver of Bloodsport, the real life true story movie about uh, a ninja who can explode bricks uh, with his palm strikes and do the splits. And uh, who is uh, the American government's best weapon, best right. kept secret. Yeah. yeah, he had over 80 knockouts in one tournament, which means this tournament held more people than the earth held has ever had. Uh, <laughs> and I'm talking the history of the earth. I'm talking, go back to Australopithecus. Frank Dutz knocked out more people in that tournament than have ever existed. And that's incredible. So, so let's see. He's got a lot going on in his head, basically. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> so we play the three parts of his his brain, uh, a lot like a Herman's head or a um, uh, what's that Pixar movie? Inside Out. Yeah, Inside, Inside Out. Out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're three episodes in, and I think the host of that tapped out already. We kind of he knew it was going to happen. But we kind of took it off the rails, and it just stayed there. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping he's ready. He's ready for for the next one, though. I, I'm having fun with those. I, I feel like he's not at a place in his life where he has the bandwidth to run not just a RPG campaign, but a really fucking weird one with very disruptive people who also <laughs> yeah. don't quite know how to play. We're always like, "How do I roll for advantage again?" Yeah, he's got to you know. constantly explain yeah, the, the mechanics like, of D and D to us, and it's like, "Is this good comedy anymore?" I don't know. 
And then of course there's editing. Like the the yeah. show comes together real well, but there's a lot where we're like, no, seriously, what the fuck does advantage mean? Like told you eleven times. Like people don't need to know we go through that. And I feel bad because I, I've admitted to never enjoying really any D and D campaign I've tried sincerely, right. and this is the funnest one I've been on. So I'm starting to think that it's an inverse fun factor. The more fun it is for the people playing, the the less fun it is for the DM. So I bet that's true most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. There's gotta be some teams time. out there where they're just fucking coming together and they don't even know the magic they have. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should take this magic out into the streets. Actually, we should start crashing D and D games with our special blend of distraction. <laughs> I've never actually, uh, I, I played D and D with my brother when we were kids and we did not vibe. Uh, and <laughs> I tried it many more times as a, probably 10 more times as an adult. And, uh, again, just never could get the game. Like somebody was always super pissed at everybody else mm-hmm. for reasons that like weren't anyone's fault. It's just like, you know, I, I want this to be silly. And someone's like, no, I want this to be like fucking high fantasy. I want to do the accents. Yeah. You know? I'm here for red fair. Yeah. Know, so home, we got red fair at home type situation. So if you're listening at home and you play Dungeons and Dragons and you, you and your group are all on the same page, like just hold on to that magic. It'll never be that good again. Mm-hmm. So Sean, uh, you're a father, right? I am. Uh, got a six-year-old and in three weeks I'll have a zero-year-old. That's right. So this is perfect. This is the perfect movie to talk about. Before we get into it, I just <laughs> want to paint a picture real quick. Uh, you, you bring your daughter to school like you would any other day, right? Sure. Only this time, something's different. There's a there's a grown man there who you've never seen before, and he doesn't look like any of the other grownups at the school. He's kind of dressed like a big dumb kid. He's got mm-hmm. a grin on his face that mm-hmm. makes you think he's either has a mental disability or he's making fun of somebody with a mental disability. You can't quite tell. Um, yeah. But it doesn't matter because suddenly a girl from your daughter's class walks up uh, and hands him a Valentine's Day card sighing with romantic longing um in a way that is not cute it's it's in a very very problematic way uh-huh. he smiles like a bashful dipshit as he reads the card no one steps in to say this isn't okay <laughs> and then you're told by sonia from mortal Kombat that this obvious threat to child welfare is a student in your daughter's class um how do you react <laughs> oh i've got a big problem with all of it uh, as you might imagine i don't think you need to be a father to know that there's some some parts of this film that are uh uh, like just a nightmare, just like <laughs> so. We're talking about Adam Sandler's Billy Madison. If that didn't uh, come through, right? Yeah, I think yeah. they got that from the title. Yeah, um, yeah. I like this. So, so the idea of this is that we're looking at movies that are um, either problematic or would be tough to make today, or haven't yeah. aged well, or just how you would make it today. Like that's right. another kind of conceit. Because I'm, I'm, I'm leaning horror movie on this one. In a lot of ways, I, I do feel like uh, you could still. I feel like you're you could be so close to making this film again today. Absolutely, like, I feel like this is such a good choice to talk about on the podcast because I don't think we're gonna get too bogged down in like the cancel culture shit. Which yeah, I could, there's I could probably do. die without ever having another one of those discussions. Yeah, but I'm um, good on that. Yeah, but and and there's some moments in this movie where you obviously just would not make this choice again. But I think the main reason. Uh, you couldn't make this choice again. I might get like, I guess a little inside baseball with my comedy nerd shit, but like um, Adam Sandler has a silliness about him. That's, that's very unique. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like most people know someone like this or are sometimes like this where you're just silly. You're saying something no one else would ever possibly say. Now, when Adam Sandler does this for the most part, it's pretty funny. If you listen to his old comedy albums, they're yeah. fucking crazy. And like, there's no, <laughs> there's no good joke construction. There's no good premises. There's nothing clever to think about, but you get done with a, one of the sketches and you're like, I got that fucking snake, man. Like that's really quotable. Right. It's so weird because something about him is likable and something about his weirdness is like uh, uniquely unique, I guess. Is yeah. Us, I remember it. being in school when his shit was, popping off and yeah. kids love repeating that stuff. It's just goofy nonsense that right. really resonated with like dipshit teenagers, I guess. It was, yeah, the, uh, uh, I've, there's a, there's a thing, uh, I don't know who quoted this. I guess we could look it up, but like uh, sort of the difference between uh, a genius and an average person is what they know to delete. So if you look in like right. the basement of like 
whatever, a grand master. Like if you look in Beethoven's basement, you'll find a bunch of music that fucking sucks because he knew it was too bad to show to people. (laughs) And so uh, I feel like Adam Sandler, I'm not calling him a genius, but he sort of knows what parts of his uh, incoherent silliness will be funny, like in a good way. Right. Um, And I feel like he did that in Billy Madison and we all grew up with someone quoting the shit out of this movie or trying to be silly in that very specific way. And I think the reason you couldn't make Billy Madison today is because so many people grew up doing that exact shtick. And uh, that's, I guess, the, the, the idea of a man baby going back to school is a fucking perfect comedy premise for an 80s comedy. And I guess <laughs> this is comedy, what, yeah. that's what this is. It's, it's yeah. ostensibly it's, it's the an, same. It's a late 80s comedy. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, it came in after the fact, but it's you know 80s um, through and through. Yeah, for sure. I thought of a good way to explain this. Um, do you remember Chappelle's show? He did a, a Making the Band parody. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has... The Puff Daddy one, right? Yeah, yeah. Puff Daddy. Yeah. So he's Puff Daddy. And he tells like the, the band, you got to go out and you got to find me uh, a pint of Cambodian breast milk. Right. And, <laughs> and see, this is obviously absurd, but that's like a by the numbers Mad Libs insert. Like if you gave a thousand comedy writers the task of saying, I need a hilarious scavenger hunt item, you might get two or three Cambodian breast milks. Like that's that's a perfect, a perfectly competent punchline to to a required task. Right. But then he grabs the the milk bottles and he goes, "Breast milk, you made my day." And that's f- completely unique and insane. Like that's like he obviously saw the Warriors loves the Warriors, changed some words around. There's no reason to keep that in the take. And yet Chappelle or whoever's working on the show, they're like, no, dude, that's fucking gold. We're leaving that in. (laughs) And that's an example of like Sandler style silliness that just only one person would have come up with this. Uh, It took a a, a smart comedy tuned person to know it was worth keeping. Um, Anyway, that's, I guess. That actually uh, reminds me of, um, there's a stupid award show, the Webbies. before we found out the award shows were just all one giant scam, uh, we right. applied for it and we won. We won a Webby. So we went to the, the Webby Awards and Adam Sandler was there to accept an award for, I don't know, they're, they're all made up. They just made up categories so they could get the people they wanted to, to come and talk. Sure. But the whole bit of the Webbies was that since they're internet based, you had to keep your accepted speech to five let five words. It was supposed to be like a right. tweet, basically. And we had all eaten dinner. We had chicken. And then Adam Sandler goes up to accept his award. He just looks around and just goes, how about that fucking chicken? And then he just walked off stage and it was like, he still got it, ladies and gentlemen. And that, that is that what you were just talking about. He, yeah. he knew how to make the perfect use of what he was given. And exactly. It was if the read funniest script, one of the night. Yeah. If you read that in a script, you'd be like, I don't, uh, I mean, let's delete that. That's obviously a play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not a complete joke, but. Uh, that That is true. It's like a Jim Carrey you know, Ace Ventura style. Exactly. Thing. Like you couldn't make Ace Ventura. You could make Ace Ventura today. Fine. You know, maybe get rid of the transphobia shit and like, sure. You're good to yeah. go, but you but, will not have a Jim Carrey. Like you'll have like a Ryan Reynolds trying to do something that's not even close to it. That just doesn't work or something. Like right. That. Like, and again, I feel like a, a person who's just too dumb to exist in society and says silly things is fine. Uh, but like, if you did specifically the script of Billy Madison or Ace Ventura, uh, I think people would find it like aggressively unfunny. Like they'd be <laughs> yeah. fucking pissed at. Well, him. even Adam Sandler has lost that ability to self-edit himself. I think you watch any of his new movies, you're like, this whole movie did not need to exist. You're just making rough drafts yeah. and just yeah. going all the way with. It. I guess there's like the uncut gem stuff and like the the sort of award bait type ones, but then you got like the uh, what's the the regretful nine or the the the, the dipshit ten or whatever cowboy movie yeah. he did. Yeah, that's offensive. Like, uh, yeah. they're kind of low effort. And also, like, I feel like he's making these movies as, like, a contractual obligation. He wants to go spend, you know, five days in Maui with... with yeah, he's got a vacation. Yeah, there's a vacation in mind. Yeah. What can um, we what can we film in a tropical setting? Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I feel like it's hard to hate on that. It's hard to hate yeah. on, like... Uh, I mean, I know better than to watch those. I think most people should, but, like... <laughs> yeah, most people do, I, yeah. Like when you're saying, hey, what would you do if you just had never had to work again? I'm like, I, I mean, I would still work, but it would all be like, like stupid shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. here's my article for today. I, I crashed 20 jet skis. 
here's, here's my article for today. I, I, I dressed up in a cat suit with Michael Keaton. It was all covered by insurance. Yeah. It was all it was, good. We're all, we're all just fucking around here. Yeah. I think my problem when I watched this, uh, a man baby dipshit going back to school is great, but then you get into the, the sort of implied terror of it being forced on people by a rich family, yeah. <laughs> which is like, that's the part I feel like is aged the worst. Cause now like in a short amount of time, we've gotten into this like late stage capitalism and this more like eat the rich mentality. That's like sure. kind of growing. And it's like, I don't think people would be as cool with that premise or yeah, he wouldn't even, be as sympathetic of a character. You're like, you're like, yeah. okay, so he's like basically non-functioningly stupid. And he's mm-hmm. also like kind of dangerous. And also he's in a room with your children now, yeah, <laughs> like, and no one can stop it because his dad is the most powerful man in town or whatever. You know, yeah. So. Like the, there's, there's like no ethics or like, I don't know the fact that he's like trying to get the hotel empire of his father is like, what the <laughs> I was fuck like, why? Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't want to do this. He, the, here's the thing. If they, it, it helps no one. If he wins this movie, everyone loses all the people who work there, uh, <laughs> yeah. lose their fucking job. Bradley Whitford made this point. Like how long do you think all these fucking, he was right. I, <laughs> yes. So that's one thing I go through with all these movies when I rewatch them. I don't know if it's just me getting older but I start to agree with the people that are supposed to be the villains. Breakfast Club, fucking that principal's life is a living hell, man. Yeah, like, yeah. sure, he's a dick, but not a single one of those students was a good person. Like, that was, <laughs> he was absolutely working with what he was given. Yeah. Um, fucking William Walter Peck from Ghostbusters. Like, that guy yeah. had a point, you know? Like, it's, and yeah, Bradley Whitford, who's just a fucking gem and whatever he's in. He is, um, he steals this movie. Like rewatching, I'm like, there's like not a bad Bradley Whitford scene. Like, <laughs> not at all. And they give him these lines where he's like, the empire will be mine. And he like screams <laughs> him out like he's a Smurfs villain or some shit. I just, it's well, so he, funny. He understands each joke so well. He's like, yeah. who will help me destroy Billy Madison? <laughs> like he, he he knows that he's this like weird stu- super villain, but also a dipshit. Yeah. Well, well maybe if you told me there were delicious Triscuit crackers. In the <laughs> <laughs> just... See, these are the lines that were making me laugh. None of Adam yeah. Sandler's goofy sounds like I'm, I'm too old for that yeah. shit now. He was just annoying. Like, stop looking at me, swan. I was like, that yeah. was, I laughed at that when I was younger. I can't deny it. I legitimately <laughs> thought that was funny. I cannot tell you why I thought it was funny now. Like, I don't There's like that. a structure to his silliness where he, he goes like, I don't know. Like he's shampoo is better conditioners. And you're like, okay, where's he going with this? And it turns out nowhere. Nowhere. And once you realize it's going nowhere, he needs like a little button on it. And like these buttons are, are, are just shit. Like, well, like he'll bite the guy's arm. Like, yeah. He's like, I don't know, this guy can stand. And he's like, rah, rah, rah. And, it, <laughs> and it's kind of just this little endurance comedy button that it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like it, it's, it's all energy. There's no substance. And so once you've yeah. seen it a couple of times, you're like, well, this, this shit sucks. I think that's why I don't like it because it's uh, what he's doing reminds me a lot of like my own behavior as a child with ADHD growing up and not knowing that I was dealing with it. But also like my constant internal monologue is kind of like that. Like I'm always coming up with dumb shit to yeah. say, and then my brain will put it on a loop and repeat it over and over again. And that's, yep. so I'm just like, now looking at this from a perspective of an adult that might have to deal with someone like me. And I'm like, this is terrible. This is terrible for everyone <laughs> around him, except for his weirdly like sexual predator maid who is super into yeah. it no matter what. <laughs> that maid, uh, and forgive me if this is racist. I get a real Rudy Ray more vibe from her. Like this is she's how not, he would deliver Rudy. these lines. If yeah. Rudy was in a dress, yeah. which means I'm super into it. So when she gets sexually aggressive, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Got a piece of ass on him too. Yeah. Lady Rudy Ray. <laughs> yeah, she's Lady Rudy Ray. Absolutely. Yeah. She's got the she's got the gap in the teeth and the you know the the facial bone structure. Like yeah, and just kind of the the line delivery. Yeah, I guess. If, um, I wonder if that's what they're going for. They're like, we want this maid to be Rudy Ray more, but not realizing like, hey, do you think maybe the big black maid thing is a little eh, not a good look? And yeah, plus her um, name's Juanita, which is uh, yeah, Juanita. Yeah, a, a new, I I guess. That's a kind of international name, but I, I it, guess. Juanita's like this... advances are the only time Adam Sandler recognizes boundaries. Right. <laughs> That's it. He's like, gross. Like, he's like, yeah. all right, lady. He sobers up real fast. <laughs> when she, I feel like. Uh, maybe that's her tactic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how she keeps him in line. She's she his Alfred. Yeah. Uh, I feel like 
as a character, Billy Madison is like all over the place. Like sometimes he's like clever enough to be sarcastic and sometimes he's snapping at people and other times he like literally can't spell a four letter word. Right. And uh, he also sometimes seems kind of hard, kind hearted, but then he's also like a full psychopath most of the movie. Yeah. And I, I, the movie does, it's kind of well-structured like an eighties comedy. Like they knew where they had to go and they, they made some smart choices getting there. They did some like funny callbacks yeah. Like some thought went into the structure of this movie, but like at no point do they ever establish why it would be a good thing for him to get this hotel empire. Like they don't establish, Oh, he's got, uh, he likes to give to charity or he's, uh, I don't, I don't know, like have some sort of sense of civic duty. So if he takes over right. this company, his like carefree attitude will help like pay people more or whatever, or give people more freedom. And it'll, it'll affect the bottom line in a yes. wrong way. Yeah. He won't bust the union up like his dad likes to, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But, uh, no, he's, he's full on just, just a maniac <laughs> yeah. with who's who do, who does cross over into evil at one point when he starts like making fun of the kid that can't read. Yeah. I was like, Oh, you're, you're a, a actual psychopath. Like this, yeah. that was like, like, like he has no idea. on the border of good and evil. You were skewing hard evil on that one. And, yes. And then the teacher appropriately drags him out by the ear, calls him a psycho and then falls in love with him. So I don't yeah. know, like that yeah, change see, happened quick because he got peed on himself, I guess. And because he's in a bad spot. And I guess we've all seen a kid who's in trouble that like won't, won't admit it, won't admit they're wrong. Right. And and he's like, I can't hear you because of my abuse on my ear. Right. And, she, and he, like, <laughs> he, does, he, he goes full Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> right. And then she leaves and he's like, Veronica Ball, so hot. Yep. And you're like, dude, <laughs> that's what you learned from this? That, Oh man. I pick I I picked up on that too. I was like, that was that was fell on literally deaf ears. That was uh Yeah. That was a bad yeah. moment. He that was not a growing moment for or a teaching moment for him. Right. He uh he took no lesson from it. He's like, I mocked a child for trying to read in front of his peers, uh, was rightfully chastised for that, and all it did was activate a sexual fetish. Yeah. I guess the what his turn is that he's that gets hers and he's, he's loyal to his friends. You see that with uh, the, the dirt bags, Norm Macdonald, and the other guy that he hangs out with. Um, oh, I can't remember the actor's name. I don't know that guy. Either. I had a great joke for the beginning of this. We skipped right by it, but it was, it was pretty good. So I'm glad we, I go, this movie didn't age well. It opens up with two things that don't even exist anymore. Nudie magazines and Norm Macdonald. Am I right? Like it was, uh, still uh, well, nailed it. Going in. I, no, no, I, it's good. We, I got okay. it in there. People can still appreciate it, but more in like as a as a showpiece, you know, not yeah, a real. Totally. I know the frustration of pre-writing a podcast joke and then like never getting to it. <laughs> That's okay. Robert's whole like struggle on these Bloodsport episodes. I feel it. I'm glad I'm putting myself in his shoes for once. It's uh, <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> I love but it. Um, I do feel like this movie has so many great competent jokes. I want to. Uh, Tim Hurley, who was the other writer, who was an SNL producer for many years, and he actually wrote a lot of those comedy albums with Sandler. So uh, I feel like that's another thing I, I talk about, like, uh, quote, genius of Sandler and being able to choose what silliness he shows the world. But I do feel like him and Hur Hurley, he, like, vibe in a way where they just, like, give each other the giggles. And you kind of mm -hmm. get that, that energy of, like, two guys just really vibing and getting crazy. Yeah. And this made us laugh. We can't wait to... Yeah. Executed for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you, a really you, hard thing. To you know, that's, translate. that, that comes through really well too, with the, the people they put in there. You got like the Miss Lippy who just starts like painting her face with glue yeah. for no reason. Like these, <laughs> that's definitely two guys just escalating with each other in, 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 in solitary confinement, you know, in yeah. the writer's room. Um, <laughs> like uh, Steve Buscemi's character is another example of that. Like, yeah, that's, I guess that's a little problematic. It's like, Oh, he's like into, putting on lipstick and that makes them a serial killer <laughs> or like all serial killers like have he, some weird, like Buffalo bill thing going on. Or, uh, you know, that's, I that's feel a like, tough. I feel like we're a few decades from that being problematic. I, I, I will right. completely allow that just cause he applies it so insanely. Right. It's not uh, a good, yeah. He doesn't have foundation. Or he doesn't do any contouring. He's yeah. not full drag Queen. So it's, like, it's good. There is, um, at the beginning of the movie, there is like the problematic, there's a trans joke when he gets the nudie magazines. Oh, the she-male monthly the, or whatever. Uh, yeah. Fiesta. Yeah. So I, was, I mean, that's like a word you should consider beeping on the podcast. Like that's fucked up. I, that, I probably should. I'm just reading the cover of the magazine yeah, as no, it appeared in the movie. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just, it's, and then like women over 80 and then drunk chicks, which I think is a, 
it's kind of a limp punchline to the scene. I, I like it, but I feel like that could have been escalated a little. Like, right. Uh, find, hey, there's two that I would say pretty standard, like uh, sex fetishes. Or, I mean, if you're a man over 80, a woman over 80 is like, uh, that's maybe a reasonable. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the kind of ladies you a hook reasonable up with. Reasonable level of porno. Yeah. Right. And then, and of course, trans porn is pretty ubiquitous and ordinary. Yeah. And then uh, drunk chicks is a funny fetish that, like, I would say isn't just like a regular Pornhub category. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I haven't Pornhubs drunk. I will later. Uh, that's that's a fun night, I bet. But um, I, I, I bet it gets real dark real fast. <laughs> really? Oh, God. I just realized. Yeah. Yeah. Trick some drunk bitch. On yeah. yeah that, that, those those are not going to be good videos. Uh, <laughs> but I I. I I felt like the movie is weak here because the production design was so weak. Like it's just like someone on their home copier printed out these. Yeah, fucking those magazines. weren't full magazines. That was, was yeah, like, that was straight oh. up a, a a fucking MS Paint job. Yeah, and they did that again later with the wrestling magazine, which is like the same day. They're like, just Kinkos, <laughs> can you make us some fucking drunk chicks porn magazines? And we need uh, this guy too, the uh, the green slime or whatever his name was. Yeah, the revolting blob. Oh yeah, yeah. There was some good. Uh, with Adam Sandler's friends had some good comedy bits. If you ignore Sandler's just dumb noises, um, <laughs> they, 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 they take the gravity of each other character's deliveries. Like, like Bradley Whitford's, you know, when he's going into a supervillain thing, his dad was mm-hmm. like, that actor is a great, he's awesome too. And yeah. He's like, Oh, Billy, when will you find what you're looking for? <laughs> he's like, here's a good piece of shit. Like that was such a flawless transition. Yeah. <laughs> and that old man that he leaves the shit on the porch, just fucking <laughs> amazing. You're all gonna die. <laughs> like he goes a little too far in the best possible way. And the way that we my business devil woman. That, okay, I want to say that this movie has probably 25 like unforgettable, timeless moments. And so even if like we decide, oh, we got some nitpicky things like he's too silly, the premise is dumb. Uh, you probably shouldn't have a magazine called Gmail Fiesta. Uh, right. It's still like uh, overall like a really fucking strong movie. Like it's got um, some good shit in it. We've talked about Basemi lipstick. I wrote down some of the mo- moments that are like just a- apropos of nothing amazing. And I always think about them. The dead clown getting up to sing. Uh, That's great. When the dead, when the clown dies is pretty funny when he just falls right. over. And everybody's out of like skull. surreally oh. just starts laughing at him for no oh. reason. Like that's well, 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 there's clearly blood coming out of his head. <laughs> yeah. Like the choices they make to like not linger too much on some stuff and linger too long on another. It's whoever made this. It's like a mastercraft in timing for the most part. I want to say for the most part. Uh, Bradley Whitford throwing a stapler and killing a secretary. Same <laughs> choice. And you're like, okay, that's the end. But then they call back that's to it in the next scene. But like, yeah. let the audience know, like nothing will come of this. Like it is, <laughs> it was a funny throwaway thing, but she's dead. I want everyone to know she's dead. Um, the, uh, Mark, the, the teacher giving his feedback on Adam Sandler's uh, essay question. Oh yes. James Downey fucking comes most, in and just crushes the movie probably the strongest part of the entire movie yes and that, that one little delivery there like he he introduces himself as like like he's like unless some, if any of you cheat on my wife who is a dirty whore and you're like whoa what the fuck like that made me laugh so hard the first time i saw it and then of course the speech when like nowhere in any of your idiotic rambling yeah blah 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 everyone knows this yeah, yeah. um you see it. It's like a, the top comment in every Reddit post yes. all the time. It's, yes. And it's, for good reason. That, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then there's a scene when, when all hell breaks loose at the end of the movie and like Bradley Whitford, they, they say, okay, tell me about business, that business ethics. And he can't even get, <laughs> he can't even get two seconds into the speech without pulling a gun. And <laughs> so James Downey is in the background of that scene, just like given like hands on his hips, just kind of given like an aw shucks. Like, <laughs> like he's so ready to die. But like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And he keeps doing that while like the wrestler comes in while Buscemi snipes him. Like he, he maintains this, like re- he's just really enjoying what he's looking at. <laughs> and I thought it's just a really funny acting choice. Uh, later in the movie, the, the penguin gives him a hand job. Um, oh, Chris, he gives Chris Farley a hand job. That's, yeah. Uh, and I, I really love that. I do want to talk about the penguin because that's uh, one of the parts yeah. of the movie where you're like, 
I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, was. Well, I was not on far. board with the penguin. Yeah, yeah he's I like was... hallucinating a penguin. This fucking stupid. Yeah, and and like it like the... breaks the fiction of this world where you're like, oh, he's an idiot. It's like, oh no, it's he's... like. He's a, he's got, he's a schizophrenic. Like that's yeah. not, that's not how alcohol works. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this like old Looney Tunes joke where you see a pink elephant is not, listen, I've been pretty fucking shit faced in my time, not to brag, yeah. but like, I've never seen any imaginary creatures in my life. Yes. I have imagined that I was in better shape or better looking or more charming than I actually was, but I've sure. never imagined something that wasn't there physically. So this, this penguin thing was just like a level of silly, and I think it was because it was silly outside of that Adam Sandler magic goofiness. It was like right. a, a separate silliness that just. But I wanted to say that like, while you're hating it, while you're like, this is fucking stupid. Then all of a sudden he goes, it's too damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around here. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I love this. <laughs> you're like, something about this is great. Uh, so I don't know. Like, it, For it me, it was only worth it. It was only worth it when he came back and gave Chris Farley a hand job. That because yeah. purely because of Chris Farley's reaction to it, where he was like hilarious. magically floating away, like he yeah. was just on cloud nine with this like <laughs> fin hand, this fin job that he was getting. Oh, Everything I, about Chris Farley was magic in this movie. He was just a sure. little, just a little firecracker ready to pop the whole time. God, probably when they throw that sandwich at him. And he's like, <laughs> I'll turn this. God. Around. And, and like, then the camera lingers on him and while he, rage. <laughs> yeah, while he just <laughs> while he just swells like yeah. it's amazing oh so fucking funny uh i had uh one more i loved where they're they're doing that smash cut of stuff at the end where they're like doing the decathlon and they're just doing bam 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 all these events and bradley Whitford <laughs> lights on fire making a pie <laughs> Sandler but he just kind of consumed like an m bison victim <laughs> like he's in capcom fire that's how full body torso oh, like fuck. It's so and everyone's just laughing at him <laughs> uh so i guess yeah but but a, a lot of the script i think part of the stuff that we, we would say here's why you wouldn't want to make this movie today is the script calls for zany dumb dummy is very stupid and they filled in the blanks with stuff that doesn't quite work. That they're like, right. Sander will do something on the day and that'll work. And most of it uh, doesn't hold up at all. Like, it's hard to even imagine a world where we thought shampoo is better was funny. I don't think I ever did. Like, I remember quoting it. I remember having yeah. friends. But it was more of a signifier that like, hey, we really enjoyed that movie together. Yeah, let's let's remind each other of that fact. Right. It's, it's like We had a lot of fun. Rick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, there's, there's a, I think it was Patton Oswalt or somebody who's done a lot of punch up work was talking about, they'd get scripts sometimes where they just rely too much. I think it might've been a Sandler issue. They they're used to people like Sandler or Carrie where they're like, just leave room in the script for improv. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, this is a, a Vince Vaughn movie. And yeah. they're like Vince Vaughn improv here. And it's like, I don't think Vince is up to that task. I don't think this is good to go. So I don't even know if there's anybody around who could, handle that level of <laughs> faith in the, in the, in their yeah. talents like that. And, um, it, I, I feel like the, the danger of that is that it, 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 it doesn't age well, I guess. Not that yeah. a movie has to age well for it to be great, but, um, but I think yeah. if, if you were to take this movie and recut it with some proper jokes in those moments uh, or gags, like, like he doesn't have to be saying something silly. He could like, you could do a physical bit where he like can't take a bath because he's so stupid or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, like, but the idea of him just saying, you know, conditional goes on second and I make the hair still kind of smooth. It's just not, it's literally not a joke. And <laughs> it's not, there's nothing there. I, uh, uh, I think if I'm, if I'm rewriting this movie today, I, I'm still going with like, maybe not a horror movie. I'll still go comedy, but I'm making, I'm definitely going to make him the bad guy. Like yeah. everyone has to figure out how to get rid of this dangerous idiot that just thinks he can go into class when no one else has that chance and like yeah like maybe you make it like a home alone where where one of the kids says i'm gonna fucking kill this guy yeah and like now it's sort of a a, like a a series of of traps and escalating violence like a tom and jerry home alone kind of thing yeah Yeah. they're they're rivals and this child is like we got to get rid of this guy and it's like only his money can save him so if they could separate him from his money and privilege like they can expose him or hurt him or whatever it is they set out to do <laughs> yeah now you've got a clear hero yeah it's the kids the whole time you know who's the hero i texted this to you the o'doyles are the hero <laughs> of this movie this is a working class family and the only thing they have is literally their name that's it 
Yep. They, they all ride a big old gr- like greasy station wagon. They're all dressed down. They all look like shit. And they're, they're huge bullies. Sure. But they're very clearly like <laughs> not, not well off. And like, they're proud of yeah. their name. Like any sort of like working class hero would be, you know, right. <laughs> I, I really liked the choice to have like one extra O'Doyle rules after their car is clearly careening to its explosive death. <laughs> like right. they all know they're going to die, but it does not affect their chant. And I was like, they, they made a good choice to to have at least one too many in that scene. They set it up really well, too. And he's like, I have a feeling something really bad is going to happen to yeah. your family. And then they like Mario carded him. Yeah. For the, the callback to the banana peel. Like I said, there's just some structure to the screenplay. Yeah. Like this, this is not a first draft, I guess. <laughs> we can at least say that. Um I, I feel like that would I would that would be my choice though. I would make like some kind of working class person that's like struggling just yeah. to, to get by and then this rich kid just to, gets to come in their class. I look at Billy Madison kind of the same way I look at Batman now. I used to like be on the same page as everyone else growing up that Batman was cooler because he was like didn't have superpowers. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, fuck Batman, dude. Could you imagine if like any one of our billionaires decided to take the law into their own hands and just bypass due process and just beat people up because they because of their own the results of their own investigation i'd be like this is so many war crimes like we need to gather to rally as a community and stop this like this is so i got i got kind of the same vibe with billy he's allowed to get away with stuff in a way that he shouldn't and it's like not that there needs to be a lesson with a goofball comedy but like I, i don't love him as a as a protagonist i just i hate fucking Agreed. rich people all right you like take, i can't you take the, <laughs> when you take the competence out of batman or the punisher then you have like a, a series of horrific crimes you have a it's terrorist like, yeah. yeah you have a terrorist and, and billy is just nothing but incompetence and so yeah. to have him as the main character you're like okay but like he needs to be solving something like i like an incompetent protagonist but their goal has to be good or the or, or the results of their action has to be good. And like, that, right. that does not happen in this film. It does not, it's like, okay, him. so he still gets to just, this hotel chain just gets to continue to exist the way it does. This rich family continues to be rich. Just yeah. Bradley Whitford, who apparently must have worked really hard to get where he was and actually cares about the financial success of the business is the bad guy. And he's the only right. one that stands to lose anything. <laughs> and, uh, he is legitimately a bad guy, but like, oh, yeah. it's hard to hate him. Like when he has, when he hires the janitor to go into cover and the janitor is like <laughs> listing off facts, it's like, Billy likes to drink a soda pop. Miss Lippy's car soda. is green. And the face guy. he makes when he realizes what's happening is, <laughs> it's like you think, oh, he can't get any more disgusted. And then he takes it another level and you're like, oh, well, that's it. He's done now. No, 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 no. The depths of his disgust go deeper. My like, favorite. Oh, that's one of my other favorite parts when he finally gets the the principal the, the former luchador wrestler he's like billy madison is mine like the way he, <laughs> he relishes his success in, a, in such a just wonderful way he's the best uh and that okay here's a moment that's like both very silly but i think still works when bradley whitford makes that hilarious parsley face at the dinner table and, uh-huh. and adam sandler sees him and he's like yeah, and you're like yeah, he starts doing the, that's the fucking so stupid and yet I love it. Like it's, it, it, it changed my life when I saw it. And I'm, I mean that like, like I saw that and I said, that is so stupid and silly, but like it, it's hilarious and like working. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I fully was like, cause that's the type of silly I fucking hated going into that. I was like, I don't know, 18 when I saw this, but I was still already kind of a sophisticated comedy nerd. And so when I saw this, I'm like, I'm better than this. I'm like, wait, no, I'm not. No, no, this is, this is fucking perfect. Were you like Clerks is my favorite movie because it's in black and white and uh, that's just no, the level no, I of- wasn't like a pretentious. <laughs> right. guy. I just I was more like Mel Brooks movies are too dumb for me. Like I hated like the the way he explained jokes. I guess is I, I always yeah. felt uh, I was like that level of uh, I, I, so I was pretentious. But like, uh, what was your at this at this time going into Billy Madison? What was your your oh, top God. comedy? I really loved um, completely sincere 80s movies. Like I really loved Summer School and Weird Science are the ones I grew up with. Okay. And there was, uh, I don't know, there's something about the dumb sincerity of, of, of the gags they did that like, I was like, these, these guys are fucking, that was my vibe, I guess. I didn't think they were like sophisticated, but like those are the movies I enjoyed and laughed at. They were, yeah, they existed in a real place. Like a Mel Brooks movie is Looney Tunes all the way. Right. 
I do. I'll stand by Blazing Saddles though. That movie is. Uh, I watch sure. it like over and over again. I'm like, nope, still good. Like this is hilarious. Like, uh, I know Joe Rogan and his friends like to say like, oh, this you could never remake that movie today. You never could. You cancel right. culture again. I'm like, no, because black people aren't the butt of the joke uh, of yeah. that movie at, at any time. It's like the ignorance of the world is, and that's fine. Like you can, you can make that joke today. Like for sure. Yeah, I, I I feel like you could almost make that word for word. Like obviously the the N word thing is is mm-hmm. an issue, but like it is a black man saying it, and the context of it is you know uh, I think not uh, not oppressive, I guess. Right. It's like say you know Tropic Thunder's got the same thing. They're not punching down with yeah. Robert we all had, we all completely allowed that. Like yeah. always, Sunny did blackface, and we're like, yeah, they they addressed it. Like yeah. this joke is about your your problem with it your your yeah. uh <laughs> yeah so i, I think my know. favorite uh i don't know if it's a problem it says something about me but like when i watch blazing saddles the biggest laugh i get is gene wilder just taking a huge pull off that whiskey and uh cleavon little's like man drinks like that he is going to die and he just burps <laughs> and goes when <laughs> yeah that's great i was like yes, all the exhaustion and lack of hope in that man's eyes was so good and so, uh, so my issue with them was that i i felt like the joke landed and then they lingered on explaining it too long and right. that happens so many times in the movies that it, that i hate it but i can't deny that like there are a million gags that completely work and i i'm just sometimes i'm a glass half empty kind of guy and i'll watch a movie <laughs> like billy madison and and be like, I guess I'm a glass half full for this. Yeah. But sometimes not for that. Uh, it makes sense. You could be picky, you know, you're yeah. not spoiled for choice. It's, I, uh, so when someone says they like Mel Brooks movie, I don't like think less of them I, I, or anything like that. I just I like, that's okay. Every movie's going to have stuff that isn't funny to you. And, yeah. Um, but Billy Madison had a lot. What do we got? Uh, we talked about Booger Mom too. I like Booger Mom as a as a bit, but that we joked about as <laughs> as an older man. And just I'm just you know, I'm yeah. just like less picky or just creepier. I don't know what my deal is. I'm, I think you know, it's our age group. When I was 18, yeah. I saw this woman. I was like, I didn't consider her like uh, a sexual option. Yeah. But like seeing her now, I'm like that lady is finally She's, crazy. Yeah. She's got kind of like a delight thing going on that I I'm not hating. <laughs> right. And then she she'd sexually like grosses the audience out by smearing her kids boogers all over her neck. And I'm just like, that washes right off, man. That's not permanent. We're, 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 this is fine. Everything is what's, fine. What's the worst that happens? Pneumonia? Yeah. Worth it. I'll just, I'll hit her neck with some, uh, you know, some hand sanitizer or something. We're, we're good, baby. We're good. Uh, speaking of your horniness, I love during that hugely problematic scene where he's opening all the Valentines and he gets the principal's Valentine. It says, Oh yeah. I want you, Billy. And he like <laughs> looks at the principal. Then, Perfect comedy timing. He looks back and it says, P.S. I'm horny. He looks up and the principal takes that little nod. There's a little nod. <laughs> Fucking so funny. That little nod is like, my brothers and I, that's like another one of our like inside jokes. It was just yeah. such a beautiful little touch. Just that like, you know, it's, you know, this real baby, like that little good to go nod is fucking classic. <laughs> uh, and I do like how he, he handled it well. He handled all those Valentine's, uh, I guess as well as he, I didn't love how the girls were like longingly sighing at him. And he was just like, ah, shucks. And I'm like, this is rough, yeah. man. Yeah, like there, there was just no, a movie can be anything you want it. They could have t- gone back in time and, and killed Hitler in that moment. And they chose to have a bunch of little girls like lusting, lusting after, after, after a grown man. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then wrap that scene up with like a full on sex crime from his teacher. <laughs> yeah. But he did handle that one way. He just kind of smiled and shrugged the same way. He wasn't like yeah. Jim Carrey when he found out that uh, Sean Young's character was really a man and like spent right. 10 minutes like crying and freaking out about it. Like he was just like, oh, that's cool, man. Not for me, but you know what? That's. Yeah. God, I bet Jim Carrey feels like shit about that now. I hope he does. That was that fucked up. Stuff, <laughs> stuff, <laughs> and not, not even funny. I remember back in the day, like even as like an insecure kid watching that movie and being like, Jesus Christ, this is cruel. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, they, they, I mean, I get it was like at the time, the crying game was still sort of fresh and like making the crying game joke was always sort of a, some low hanging fruit for a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And that was, 
that like even that scene even used the same music and it was like okay yeah this is going on a little too long jim like we get it like it was almost like jim curry was worried that we would think he was gay not right. just ace ventura you know that he yeah. was insecure about his own perception <laughs> i feel like that's like how people lived their lives back then it's like you totally scared at all times like if they touched a dick they turn gay or like everyone yeah. would know they touched a dick and then they don't think he's gay you know yeah and it's like again as maybe it's just i'm older i'm creepier but if it's like if you're presenting woman and i'm into that woman it's like you, know, you got a dick i'm like we can figure it out it's fine i don't you got you know you're beautiful like i'm not attracted to a dude here i'm like this is a beautiful woman that's how you're presenting i'm into it but no it's all irrelevant for me i'm happily married but uh yeah. i would take a hand job from a giant penguin hell yeah <laughs> all day <laughs> when are you going to get a fin again when's that opportunity going to present itself ever again uh, i have in my notes i also really liked the tour guide uh i thought every line she said was funny she was like, great her like, her uh, where do horses come from are they <laughs> any horse socks is anybody <laughs> is anybody listening to me her uh miles davis line is still yeah. choice too she's so good i ever heard yeah <laughs> I thought I thought like that was a bad choice. Like I felt like that was not a great. It's not a great line under any circumstances to be like the right. the worst blah 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 I've ever heard. But like, I I feel like a funny look on his face would have been a let that would have been enough. Let that yeah. be the punchline. Let let her yeah. punchline be the punchline, and don't try to steal that. He did. He did try to steal it. That fucking yep. narcissist. This fucking yeah. guy can't let can't <laughs> let this old lady. Uh, Pissing your pants is cool. Oh, meet Miles Davis. Let's see. Uh, now here's the scene where Veronica Vaughn falls in love with him, and it, it 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 leading up to this, she was disgusted with him, rightfully so, for like buying his way into school through and through. Nothing yes. he did changed her opinion on this at all. Right, and she saw him uh, mock a child for reading, an eight year old for reading, and then had to give him a talk that led nowhere. She's like, I can't even get through to this kid. Like. He's a piece of shit for an eight-year-old. She can't be anything but frustrated with him. <laughs> He's uh, He represents everything she hates in life. And uh, then he sexually assaults her on the bus. On like the he bus, falls yeah. into a titty and she knows he did this on a dare from a child. And uh, now he pretends to pee his pants to, to protect the dignity of his child friend. Which is a great, it's a stand-up guy move, but I also feel like this scheme could have, uh, he could have done a different type of scheme. Like yeah. he could have thrown a f water balloon at the kid's crotch and then like, oh, that's obviously just water because of the water balloon. And, and I feel like, whatever. I, she needed to see his noble sacrifice. This right. was called he, for her to make a change and this was not it. This was not <laughs> significant <laughs> enough to turn things around, I don't think. I think it would take... Uh... Yeah, it would have been a it would have been a, a years long process based on their relationship. I right. do like that immediately after this, they're getting on the bus, and then Chris Farley takes up takes a look up her skirt, and then like goes into some like gross banter, <laughs> and it's like now suddenly is one piece of age, <laughs> but suddenly Billy Madison again understands boundaries. Yes, <laughs> it's suddenly. like it's not me making these remarks. This is someone else, and it's not okay. Like it's yep. it's. Rules for thee, not for me. That's that rich guy shit again, man. I'm not. Yep. This guy's a bus driver. He's he's fallen. His life is clearly falling apart. Like <laughs> you're a fucking asshole, man. Like just 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 hear him out. Let him believe his bullshit. You know, it doesn't cost know. you anything. She didn't see it, so you're not like defending her honor in any way that's meaningful to you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I don't. I, there's no. You did way the to right thing it. in that moment, but right. It just in but he's also it's too way. smart for that character. It's exactly. like too judgmental especially, for that character. Especially within the same day he sexually assaulted her. Yes. Like an hour before that. <laughs> right. It's it's fucking crazy. And I, and again, like that kind of inconsistency makes the movie fall apart uh in ways it doesn't have to. Yeah. Uh I do I do love when they're hosting a kid down and like his <laughs> his fucking crazy friends just hosting the kid down. And the kid's just going, stop it. I don't even know you. Why are you doing this? <laughs> it cracks me up every single time. It's just, it's one of those moments where you're like watching, watching a psychopath do silly things in an 80s style movie is funny to me. 
uh, and I don't know. That uh, that guy was part of another problematic part. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh, um, the end of the movie, everyone's like moved by Billy Madison's graduation. Everyone's okay. just making out. Um, I think. Right, Buscemi I don't know who makes that Juanita. one. Juanita Buscemi, yeah. Um, Miss Lippy and someone weird, Norm. Norm McDonald gets Miss okay. Lippy. Right. And then hot booger mom gets the two high school guys. So she's right. breaking the law, right? They're like licking her neck up and down. So she's yeah. like clearly, they're getting boogers in her, their mouth. That's, well, they're that's just the getting joke. their salt. That's how they yeah. get there. Yeah. They're like, they're like goats. Yeah, just just a little that that sodium content for the day. (laughs) And then you got his creepy friend with the hose just turns around to this high school. I hope it's a high school girl and then tries to make a move on her. And she like rebuffs him, uh, you know, rightfully so. But we almost had like a like this man is clearly needs to be locked up. Like he's he's a dangerous individual. It's it's being played for a joke, but it's like uh, this guy's this guy's a demon. Uh, I, you know, one of my favorite, uh, comics of all time is Norm Macdonald and I love, uh, dirty work. Uh, mm-hmm. but Good he movie. doesn't do fucking shit in this movie. Like it's, he doesn't really say anything that funny. He doesn't like his presence here is, it's, I don't know. I so feel like you were talking he, about successful people just kind of coming up with reasons to do fun shit. I think mm-hmm. this was Norm. I think Adam just wanted Norm to hang out. And he's like, how about every scene with you is going to be you by a pool drinking alcohol. Yep. (laughs) And just show up every day, get your drink, sit under this umbrella and just talk some shit. And hey, I'm not going to have to do any uh, jokes, am I, Adam? (laughs) Not a single one. Not a single one, pal. (laughs) (laughs) You just sit there. I don't know. (laughs) I think we could. I think we got a thing here. I think we could do a podcast as Norm and Adam. uh, I love it. Uh, so destroyed by the end of that, but I, I, I like some of the movie, uh, like I say, is so great, but then so much of it is yada, yada. Like when he gets to fourth grade, he just writes down, he wants to kick his teacher in the head done with fourth grade, fifth grade. He makes a jump <laughs> shot and taunts his defender. That's his entire fifth grade experience. Sixth grade. He fakes lice and that's it. These are all objectively bad gags. Like yeah. someone sat down and like, Oh, we just got to do some quick fire, like montage of his other classes. And like, well, I have zero ideas. Fuck it. We're shooting tomorrow. I don't care. Uh, I don't, these could have been jokes. They weren't, we don't even see seventh and eighth grade. So uh, I feel like they weren't like as writers, they weren't super interested in the idea of putting a man baby in all these different stages of development. They had like just a couple of ideas. They're like first grade. And then uh, he goes back to high school and he's like, not cool. Like those they are the, the two basic, yeah. like, you know, whereas they I had feel their like, focus. Yeah. They knew what yeah. they wanted to focus on. Dodgeball, macaroni, oh, high God. school. Dodgeball. What a timeless classic scene. Like there's nothing better than watching that adult just <laughs> fuck up kids in sports. <laughs> and these, these are like Heidukins too. These are like yeah. full blown special move power level. Like these kids are getting dominated in a way that's yeah. like a crime, you know, he's full blown <laughs> like committing crimes. Every one after another. <laughs> And that's a realness to all body like, shots. I don't feel like those kids knew. I don't. Those aren't stunt kids. No, that's those were a, those were real kids going down. Yeah. Like somebody was definitely. I, the film didn't look sped up in any way, so I think those. But yeah, those no, throws I, were legit throws. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking winning dodgeball. Good for him. Uh, there's an always sunny scene where Charlie was playing basketball with a bunch of kids, and he's like running down the court, <laughs> fucking swatting shots. Oh, he, oh, he was refing. Yeah, he oh, like yeah. like stuffed oh, that kid. Yeah, yeah that was so funny. <laughs> fact that he was reffing yeah he just like yeah when all when all the rules went out the window (laughs) yeah i fucking love it so funny um yeah kids getting fucked up in sports is always good comedy (laughs) we need more of that that's that's aged well let's do like uh yeah so i guess in 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 my version where he's the villain like this could still work the way as as it is in the in Yes, that's perfect for a villain. That's yeah. that's when the kid re- realizes, like, oh, we've got to stop this. Someone's gonna this, die. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe someone does die in this version. I think that's <laughs> there's like kidney failure, liver failure, or something like that. You know, it's uh, those are some harsh body blows that he had to endure. <laughs> I don't. I think I grew up with kids that were just weird. Like, like I grew up country, and there was always just a couple kids in our grade that could throw a dodgeball at like 400 miles an hour. Like, yeah. What the- we're in seventh grade. How the fuck did you do that? You just 
they they throw in if you get out of the way but it hits the back wall and bounces back to them and you're like oh no we're gonna dodge he's it got again. it again <laughs> <laughs> it's not over <laughs> it's like jason waking up after you thought he was dead like, yeah fuck this movie's never gonna end uh, <laughs> there's but, another um, scene that's i never got maybe you can explain this to me there's they're doing the montage at the end of him doing like all the stuff that you learn in high school and they're in science class and Bradley Whitford pulls out a weird crystal from a boiling pot of dry yeah. ice and Billy Madison pulls out a fucking boot and everyone claps for him. They're like, wow, you made a boot. Right. And then it pans down. It shows it is his own boot. I'm like, well, what the fuck else would it be? Like, yeah, I they, they thought he, to be. they thought he performed real alchemy and converted, converted one what? substance into a perfect boot. I guess that was fucking insane. He, uh, <laughs> He cheated, basically, is what he did. He fucking right. cheated. Bradley Whitford actually created something beautiful and unique, and uh, yeah. he lost. <laughs> I, I, I guess he did lose that one, yeah. The yeah. Shakespeare one was another one. It's subjective. <laughs> <laughs> subjective. <laughs> one I like that this guy, who's clearly a competent actor, when he's forced to badly act, was just magic. He fucking yeah. was so good. Or oh, not to be. Or oh, not to no blah. <laughs> I think he won that one too. Yeah, very subjective. Yeah. He fucking stole that one. Adam was just louder. That was it. I love the theater teacher ran straight up to Adam Sandler applauding. The whole scene is very funny. I love that part, but but just really dumb. Also, I love that like th- this thing is for the sake of this this Fortune 500 company, right? And all comes down to like a foot race, and this is fucking fully subjective. Which one's the better actor? Yeah. There's a pie baking. There's also just the reality too. If you've ever worked at a company that was put into the hands of the boss's kid, you know that it never works. Like it's like, right. It's a, it's a disaster. It's almost a business ending disaster. Nine out of 10 times from my experience. So that was seeing all that put on the line, knowing sort of the reality of it. I couldn't separate it. I'm like, I've worked for the boss's kid before. They don't know shit. This right. guy Carl very does. clearly knows. Like Carl, I want I would want Carl to, to yeah. run the play. He's an asshole, and I don't like him, but I'd still have a job. You know, that's <laughs> oh, you're talking about Eric. No, I mean at the end of the movie. Oh, right, right, right. Really Carl's the, the good guy. Yeah. Carl, Carl is competent the, uh, and knows the company and all who that. Weirdly, just inexplicably, has got Billy's back. Like I don't. Yeah, I guess he just hates Eric that much. Is probably where that motivation lies. But uh, that could be. Yeah, it's a weird character. He's just he kind of goes with the flow. He really like understands and appreciates Billy. And he was a working class guy. They made a point to, to highlight that, you know, Eric goes over his history. He's like, you started out as a bellboy. Like you, right. you grew up in this company. So no fucking chance. Somebody like that would be on board with Billy Madison doing anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> He'd want to kill that kid every single minute of, of his waking days, you know? Yep. Yeah. I could see that. So I, I guess we're supposed to talk about like why you couldn't make this movie today. And I obviously or just, if you could, I think the point is just sort of like, just kind of figure out if it aged well or not. Like, and that's, that's all gonna, like, what's that? I'm going to say it aged, uh, kind of well for a comedy. Um, yeah. I, th- I think all the stuff that most people like, if you picture like, like a cranky girlfriend getting dragged to Billy Madison when it hit theaters in 1995. Yeah. Like, what she hates about the movie is exactly what most people would hate about the movie today. <laughs> yeah. And, and it survived that. So I, I feel she like she was right. Yeah. yeah. No, she was right. Uh, and I feel if you showed this to someone today, like cold, like a, a child, like a 12 year old child today, they'd probably think it was very, very funny. I think uh, so. I think it's goofy I, gaga goo goo sensibilities would, you know, yeah. Translate but, well for them. But I also think they wouldn't find it as like strange as we did. Like I, I feel I feel like Billy Madison was such a ubiquitous thing that it changed the world in a way where none of the stuff that was uniquely silly in it is uniquely silly now. All right. And that was an excellent point to end the podcast on. Well, well said by Sean. I couldn't have done it better myself. I'm going to end it because then we just go on for about another hour just talking about the most random shit you could possibly imagine. We didn't mean to. We were still trying to tie it into, like, the whole theme of the of the episode. But we're also just, like, talking like we would if we were just engaging offline. And it's just utter nonsense. Uh, just to give you a small sample, uh, within the span of ten minutes, we talk about uh, the movie House Party, uh, racism, I spent about five minutes talking about a fight that I almost got into on a subway that goes nowhere. Uh, DC Comics, 
a little bit of Marvel Comics and uh, the movie Cool as Ice, starring Vanilla Ice. So, like I said, that was within about a 10-minute span. It's absolutely pointless material. Maybe I'll put it out there as a bonus uh, <laughs> companion piece for patrons. Who knows? But for the purposes of this podcast, we we reached a healthy conclusion, and I'm, I'm calling it. We had no more elegant of a way to end it. Um, I just chopped it off. And that's it. So stay tuned for next week. I got another guest lined up. I also have an episode with uh, our boy, our other Arl, not Craven, as well. So I hope you enjoy those. Until then, be well. <laughs>